Certain sports should always carry high expectations regardless of what any Big 12 ranking has to say. Yesterday, we got so fired up about Tatum Bell, we shaved an entire year off of his high school career. So let's make it right today and talk about some more potential 2025 guys. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, visually as well on YouTube. Find me personally on X at All Day O State. Today, we're partially brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks back in bonus bets with any $5 winning bet. Make sure you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Shout out to all the regulars, aka regulators out there. You know, yesterday was a very, very, very big deal for me. So much so that I misspoke and I shaved an entire year off of Tatum Bell's high school career to classify him as 2025. It's okay, though. We're going to have the Tatum Bell senior on the show this Sunday so he can break some of it down for us. But until then, we got to talk about some more potential 2025 guys that should be getting offers pretty soon. Just like Tatum Deuce Bell is an absolute no-brainer for the 2026 class, moving on to another no-brainer for the 2025 class is yet another Texas football top safeties to know, games and camps invitee. The 5'11", 170-pound Denton Ryan Please stand up, Denton Ryan, for your guy. And hopefully, our guy soon enough, Trey Williams. Trey Williams is yet another Texas 5A first-team all-district member. He's got some love. He's got some offers, right? UNLV, Coastal Carolina, amongst a few others in the state of Texas. We all know UNLV had a pretty great season. And Coastal Carolina has been fairly legitimate for for a few years now. So those are definitely decent offers. But. As more certainly will come up, I hope that we are definitely in the mix because although his on-field play is pretty impressive in and of itself, it's the countless reports of recruiting analysts, scouts, coaches, and trainers from around the DFW area that all say the same thing. This kid's character is top-notch. He's an absolute savant with trying to figure out how to take little extra angles in the game of football and use it to his advantage. He'll play the game at 130,000 miles an hour every single snap. He does all of the little things the right way, especially when no one is looking. He takes the classroom very seriously. He holds himself accountable. His accountability is actually unmatched, especially for his age. He is extremely humble, maybe even too humble for his own good, because it causes him maybe not to stand out at times, right? We're, we're seeing that very thing shake out for Aiden. But, guys, this is the type of kid you want in Stillwater. Because 
Stillwater is a place without an overabundant amount of distractions. So when we talk about cowboy culture, it's guys like Trey Williams that will be able to continually make our locker room better and more complete and also far more appealing to potential recruits. Now, I know that because he's already close to some of our current incoming freshmen. So the same group of dudes that stayed extremely tight throughout the recruiting process, regardless of what was coming down the pipeline, including when some of these guys started getting offers from Bama, Oregon, Ole Miss, and Texas, they never budged. And it's the same very group that helped Brian Nardo get in to be able to to land Yamil Millie Tlaib. So the biggest way to to, uh, secure this kind of brotherhood and continue growing a bigger foothold in the Texas recruiting area, it's with guys like these. Right, guys that can play at this level, that get the game at at a little bit of a different level, but also operate their lives the same way that they operate in the weight room preparing for football. It's the same way they operate on the football field, whether it be scout team, special team, first team, it doesn't matter. This kid is built for Stillwater. Not every kid is, right? Some kids are just not cut out for the life that is Stillwater because it does force you to focus on football. It forces you to focus on scholastics because there isn't a bunch of distractions. Some kids, though, are 100% built for Stillwater. Frey is absolutely one of them. All right, so another kid that I'm fairly certain will all have the good opportunity to see play at the next level, hopefully, very soon, it's for us. This Richardson, Texas, Native, wide receiver Kobe KB Foreman is a 2025 four-star dude by multiple publications. And being 5'11", 175 pounds, hasn't prevented him from already receiving offers from Pitt, Houston, Texas Tech, TCU, Arkansas, Baylor, SMU, and of course, Oklahoma State. He is a burner with blazing speed. I am very, very partial to track guys. You know this. Just like Gundy is very partial to wrestlers. So you know, I like, no, actually, I I like. Like isn't a strong enough word. I love a dude that can run a 10-800 meter and a sub-22-200 meter while also being able to long jump almost 20 daggone feet. Now, on three has him either going to SMU or Baylor, Rivals has him leaning towards Baylor, but I personally don't give 13 hoots what they think about his destination choice because they don't have Brian Nardo and Rob Glass, and they don't have Yamil Millie Tlaib. See, these connections are important, especially for Oklahoma State, especially as the Big 12 is growing and continues to grow. You don't want to allow other teams to creep into your area of operation. We're allowing teams to creep into this area, and we shouldn't, right? These relationships are what we're going to have to foster to get all of these guys. The fan bases get to back their product, right? That's one of the purposes of, of choosing a college. And Baylor can't even fill its own daggone stadium for a, after a Big 12 title or when they're ranked in the top five. So how in the world are they going to be able to back any legitimate NIL campaign of substance? Like SMU, sure, they have money, 
but they don't have the reach or the exposure or the ability to get the most out of every single player like Oklahoma State does. We have everything that those two schools don't, plus some. And we, again, have that, that connection. Like, Kobe, you know good and daggone well. You want to come represent Berkner High and Richardson, Texas, in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and battle it out together with your boy, your buddy, Yamil Millie Tlaib. Relationships matter. And let's face it, when Brian Nardo gets into a living room, it's pretty much a wrap. Like, Brian Nardo, he's he's different. He hits different on the recruiting trail. All right, so those are a couple of guys that are getting plenty of offers, but we need more. We need more. And when I say we need more, The next guy we've got to talk about is Reggie McNeil Jr. Yes, the same Reggie McNeil that you're fond of from the Texas A&M days. The Texas A&M days were perfect for what Reggie McNeil was trying to do in the game of football. But Now, most of us likely remember Reggie McNeil's days at Texas A&M. He was basically RG3 before there was an RG3. And then he had to deal with some of the politics that unfortunately come with the quarterback position. Therefore, Reggie McNeil Jr. is a certified bona fide athlete. He's been playing wide receiver and DB his entire life until his high school needed him to play quarterback. And, of course, because his dad is able to kind of help him flourish so quickly, he picked the game up very, very quick, the game of quarterback, that is. That seems to be a little bit of a a misnomenclature with Reggie McNeil Jr. because he played quarterback, and he played quarterback pretty daggone successfully. There seems to be a consensus that that's what he's going to play in college. I'm here to tell you that's not exactly the case. Matter of fact, I'm also here to tell you that if they had it their way, he would be playing wide receiver or cornerback when it comes to college, primarily because that's one of those positions that your your talent speaks for itself. Your gameplay speaks for itself. You don't have to worry about the politics of maybe I should start this QB, maybe I should bring this guy. You have to deal with that, and they don't necessarily need to deal with that either because he's so daggone good, it's unnecessary, but. If you don't, if you go look at his highlight clips, you will see that he started eight games as a quarterback. He threw for almost 1,500 yards, had almost 15 passing touchdowns, had almost 500 yards rushing, and almost a dozen, or almost, I'm sorry, 10 touchdowns. It flashes on film how athletic he is. But people, I think, are getting a little bit confused with the idea that he has to play quarterback. I'm telling you, When I was able to watch Reggie on the field play wide receiver and DB, I was impressed. That's why I personally got invested in in Reggie McNeil and and diving a little bit deeper into what he had going on. Now, of course, he is getting some, uh, some love from some SEC schools, including the one that his dad also played at. But this is an opportunity for Brian Nardo and Coach Hammerschmidt to swing in here and get a guy who's so versatile, he can play both sides of the field. He's also such an incredible athlete, he cerebrally cerebrally can see the field from a different perspective. You know I love the development of Josiah Johnson because of how often he was able to play quarterback. Well, this is kind of the opposite. Reggie McNeil Jr. is already a surefire wide receiver and a corner, 
I personally, I think, yeah, I think he looks a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball, but don't get it twisted. Reggie McNeil Jr. loves to go up and, and head top, folks, as they say. He can high point the daggone ball. He's got a lot of athletic ability, much like his dad. That's not a big surprise. But ladies and gentlemen, this six foot one, 180-pound athlete can play DB all day, every day, right here, right now, just like he can play wide receiver at the next level. I'm just trying to dispel the myth that he is a quarterback and he has to go to college to play quarterback. That's not the case. He's an athlete that can high point the ball. And when you see him play defense, and, and again, I'm sales pitching. Okay, that's fair. I am. But it's six foot, 180 pounds with some room to grow. I mean, his dad's over, over 205, 210 pounds. He can get that as well. So if body by glass can get this many players into the NFL, could you imagine what he could do with Reggie McNeil Jr.? And again, would I love to see him on the defensive side of the ball? Yes. I think that he looked a little smoother there. But his ability at wide receiver is definitely on this level. We all know that the wide receivers that come to Oklahoma State instantaneously get a shot in the NFL because we produce wide receivers over and over and over and over again. So, yeah, selfishly, I'd like to see him play some DB at the next level, but I also know he can do both. So why not let him do both? And he's going to look way better in America's brightest orange than the burnt orange down there in Tejas or that that maroon stuff, you know, that they got going on at A&M. I don't have anything but respect for Reggie McNeil and what he's able to do at A&M. He was my favorite player at A&M. But his son needs to grow his wings a little bit, end up in Stillwater, America. Just like you, ladies and gentlemen, before we talk about some Big 12 rankings, you need to spread your wings a little bit too in the dollar-dollar bill department by going to fanduel.com slash locked on today. Guys, right now, new customers get 150 bucks back in bonus bets with any winning $5 or more bet. Again, that's 150 bones back if your bet wins. You got to get buckets and buckets, buckets of bucks together because America's number one sportsbook partner is FanDuel. Right now, you can bet on your favorite NBA players or your favorite NBA teams. There's a multitude of things you can bet on, whether it be same-game parlays, quick bets, exclusive player props, who's going to win the game, the possession, and the titles. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Shoot your shot, but make sure your next shot's your best shot with FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on because FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, so let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of you saw Josh Pate decided to put out, uh, you know, a little iteration of the coming into the 2024 season Big 12 Power Rankings. And you know what? I'm going to save a little bit of smoke for Utah because I got some, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I got some fun times lined up for Utah. but. I'm not going to completely act like this doesn't make sense to have Utah number one here for Mr. Josh Pate. I don't know if you also saw, but uh, there was an article put out the other day, 
in regards to the Big 12 rankings predicated upon recruiting classes. That one had Oklahoma State finishing fourth in the Big 12 this upcoming season, just predicated upon recruiting classes. And Josh Pate had Utah, number one, K-State, number two, Oklahoma State, number three. And again, I'm not completely against it. Before I go in on Utah and the expectations that they have, Okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna break it down that this is yet another time, yet another season, yet another instance where we as Oklahoma State fans get to go up against what the difference could be of perception and reality. Perception is we're gonna be pretty good, right? That's fair. But also the perception seems to be that we have limitations, and those limitations revolve around a multitude of things. But my question would be, when it pertains to Oklahoma State and Utah, somebody, all right, make it make a little bit more sense to me why Utah would be above Oklahoma State. Because Utah does not return 21 of 22 returning uh, starters. Utah does return Cam Rising. But this is also a Cam Rising that is coming off a, a devastating knee injury is he still going to be the Cam Rising? Yeah, I don't know. Just like he has K-State at number two here. Okay, well, K-State is usually in the thick of things in the Big 12 race, so I can get that. But again, K-State lost Kobe Savage. They lost Will Howard. They lost Will Lee. They lost uh, what was the, the running back, the running back that transferred in from Florida State, uh, Ward. So Kansas State lost a decent amount of production. Utah lost a decent amount of their, their back-end players, the defensive backs. I do think that their defensive line and linebackers are going to be likely, right, to the best groups in the Big 12. But that defensive backfield, mm -mm, I don't think so. K-State, I think Avery Johnson's really good. But I, I view him kind of like a Garrett Green. I know West Virginia fans are going to come after me here. But speaking of West Virginia, I got your back. I think you being 11th here is absolutely ridiculous. All right, so let's finish out Josh Pate's rankings. He had Utah, K-State, O-State. Number four, he had Texas Tech. Number five, he has TCU. Number six, he has Kansas. That's disrespectful to KU, in my opinion. Number seven, UCF. I think UCF's going to be improved. I don't know that seven's the, quite the right fit. He has Arizona down here at eight. But again, make it make sense to me, okay? If you're going to have Utah and, or K-State, right, up there at the top, and they all lose a decent amount of players, why is Arizona at eight? If the argument is because they have to replace all of the coaches, okay, that's fine, right? But eight? Eight seems a little low. Iowa State at nine. That kind of fits. It does. But Iowa State should, should be a little disrespected here. Colorado at 10. Uh, that would be not good for Deion Sanders and his approach of we just need the portal. We just need the portal. We just need the portal. If he goes portal, portal, portal heavy and ends up 10th place, I don't think that that's that great of a look. West Virginia. West Virginia returns a decent amount of dudes from a nine-win ball club. Now, yes, they did lose some major pieces, but I think West Virginia is going to be better than 11th. I think Houston at 12 here, uh, I think that's kind. I think Willie Fritz is legitimate. I think he's Lance Leipold 2.0 all day, every day. I do think it'll take him a year or two to get it to the level that we all know it can be. 
to the level that he had it at Tulane. I was uh, Arizona State here at 13, right? Makes some sense. I really like Dillingham. I think he's like a baby version of Gundy, but he's gotta he's gotta kind of keep growing here. Baylor at 14. Yeah, this does make sense. I think Daquan Finn might be one of the best gets in the conference, especially in the quarterback position for the transfer portal. But I don't know that it's enough to help Baylor. And I don't know that Dave Aranda, you know, is he, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if he's the guy. Not that it matters, because no matter who plays for Baylor, no matter who coaches for Baylor, Baylor fans will never show up and support their team like they're supposed to, so it doesn't matter. BYU here, 15. I think they have more talent than this, um, but they didn't really try at all in the portal. Uh, and it doesn't appear as they tried super, super hard in the high school recruiting realm either. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but this doesn't make sense. And then Cincinnati is 16. You've got some dudes. I mean, you've got some dudes, but your best players left. As a matter of fact, two of your best players went to UCF. Another one of your best players stayed in conference to transfer as well. So, unfortunately, Cincinnati had to lose a lot to bring in a lot just to end up at almost the same position they were at the end of the season. I don't know. That all kind of makes sense. And then the other one, I can't remember. I tried to find the article but it was they had Oklahoma State at fourth based on you know the recruiting rankings over the last uh, few years and how it should shake out on the field this season so once again what that says and it had Utah up top it had K-State Texas Tech some of those other ball, ball clubs up there what that says to me is Oklahoma State recruiting classes don't get respect we're not going to get respect no matter how many wins we have unless they equal trophies if we start winning more trophies, then I do think people will start giving more respect to the Oklahoma State recruiting classes. But if you look at the guys last year, right, we got guys that had offers from Georgia and Bama and Oregon and Ole Miss that decided to come to Oklahoma State. Did those guys get a bump in recruiting? No. Would those guys got a bump in recruiting if they wouldn't went to any of those schools? Absolutely. It is what it is. We are where we are. Call spade a spade. You need to call a spade a spade before we get to baseball expectations. Don't worry. They'll be simple. They'll be quick. You all should already know what the baseball expectations should be. But nonetheless, if you're going to go to baseball games, you don't have to stress anymore about planning weeks in advance or months in advance because game time tickets has you covered. You know, there's a, a, a lot of reasons I like game time, right? But personally, the biggest one for me is the view of the seat. But it's the fast and easy way for you to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater. And right now, you can get hooked up with $20 off your first purchase right here, right now. You already know, with the last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy your tickets, and you get to view the seat before you ever even uh, get there. The lowest price guarantee with event cancellation and job loss protection is one in a million. Buy your tickets in seconds with two simple taps. The all-in prices show your total up front so you know what you're getting and you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Take all of the guesswork out of you buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users can get that $20 off your first purchase. All you got to do is use the promo code locked on all one word. Again, Use that promo code locked on. One word. Get your $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets 
lowest price guaranteed. All right, so this might be the easiest, quickest segment of all time on the show because baseball expectations are host, super, regionals, or bust. Anything less than that is a disappointment. Oklahoma State baseball is not a team that or a program that's ascending. Oklahoma State baseball is not a program that needs some things before we get to that 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 final level. We're there. When you have the nicest facilities in the United States of America, two to three years in a row, the recruiting is going to continue to be good, but eventually. If we keep getting booted out of regionals, especially our own daggone regionals, then having the nicest facilities and the best stadium in America will become less and less and less and less important. And now, I will say, this year's ball club seems to be a little more centered around small ball. There was times last year we showed the ability to, have, to go with a small ball lineup, but of course we would abandon it because we like power. We like Striking up the gap band and dropping bombs. That's cool. That's great. But when you're feast or famine and you ain't feasting, you're not winning. And just like we're fairly critical of all sports, we talked about this season, coming into the season, if John Smith didn't compete top three for, or at least top five in nationals, maybe it's time to move on. Looks like we're going to be right there in the thick of that. We talked about Mike Boynton. If he didn't get, at least get to the tournament and win a game, he should be gone. We talked about Mike Gundy when he was going through his tumultuous times of absences and stuff. If he wouldn't have got back in and got everything squared away, he should have been put on a one-year deal to maybe be gone. See, but that's the thing is John Smith, he's done his job. He's turned it around. Mike Gundy. He did his job. He got back in, got reengaged. He did the job. Now it's time for Josh Holiday to do the same. You have to host super regionals. That's why Obrate was built. Every single year, anything less than that is disappointing. When you're really, really good and you get bounced out of your own regional multiple times, that frustration begins to build and build and build, and it's 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 gotten there, at least for me. And I know there's some fans that feel the exact same way. The expectations are supers. Always and forever in store. Hosting supers is always and forever the objective, and it always and forever should be. So if we're not hosting a super regional, we have failed. Point blank, period. And maybe because we started outside the top 25 for the first time since 2018, maybe Rob Walton will be a little bit more intelligent with the pitching rotation. Like you can typically visibly see when somebody doesn't have their stuff. Matter of fact, pitchers will typically tell you before they ever even step on the mound, I know my slider's working today, my two seam, and eh, not so much. I know my curveball's dominating. My, my four seam, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit off. Your pitchers know when they got their ace stuff and when they don't. So if they know, then you should know. And if you know they don't have their ace stuff and they're getting knocked around, do not leave them in the daggone ball game for the other team to put up another three, four, five, six runs before you make a change. Please, 
and thank you. If you do that, I think we'll have a pretty good shot. All right, y'all. That's all we're going to have for this one. Stay tuned. We got Doug Gottlieb coming on. We've got obviously Tatum Bell coming on. We've got our, our main man, Trent, coming back in the fold. We've got a lot to talk about. But for today, that's about a wrap. So you know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. And thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen here in Locked On Oklahoma State. You could be anywhere. So happy you choose to be here. Like it if you like the daggone thing. Dislike it if you don't. Share, comment, subscribe, my podcast, and people out there, the foundation. Go hit the stars and leave a review. All righty, y'all. You know the drill. Later, taters. <laughs>